dependence upon exports is not reliable. It is it is a it is a destabilizing factor in an economy. Uh, and dependent upon na- dependence upon natural resources exports further exacerbates that situation. Which is why we are so blessed to have an economy that's primarily based on selling stuff to our, selling things to ourselves. Once more into the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting, arguably, episode of The Personal Wealth Coach starring Jake and Jeff McClure, who have the opportunity and are very excited about it to really screw things up without realizing it. Which is a common theme for most people's lives, only in our case, we are actually on the air in front of at least, uh, I would say, tens of maybe ones of people um, so we can mess up in a slightly more um, public setting, mildly. So that's our first disclosure. Uh, Next disclosure is this is the Personal Wealth Coach, and that is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. It's not a coincidence. They're the same people talking to you on the air here that uh, sit as principals at that firm. However, we can't offer investment advice on the air because we don't know everybody that's listening. We don't even know if anyone is listening. It's not a very private setting. Uh, so I think, I think Aaron's listening. We hope so. He is the and producer. I'm, list- I'm listening. A producer who should get some high accolades. Aaron is uh, magnificent. Uh, the, uh, the fact that we can't offer investment advice on the air, so what are we doing then if we're not offering advice? Well, hopefully education. We are going to re-educate the population in, wait a minute, that's that's not exactly what I, maybe it is. <laughs> uh, if you need a good brain cleaning, we're here to do the washing for you. Um, we're here to talk about economics, but in the middle of that, I said education, SEC, SEC, wait a minute. That's not to imply that they think that we are a the chosen ones are anointed in any way. The SEC is our regulator, and therefore, if we say something fraudulent, misleading in a context that could hurt someone financially, they're the folks to talk to. It isn't to imply that they have somehow given us some kind of extra authority or privileges or any of that. Anybody that's ever been to the DMV knows that just because you have a driver's license does not mean that they fully support all of your actions. Very similar situation. They don't? Uh, correct. That is correct. I've I've noticed them out there supporting my actions on a regular basis. Um, sir, this is the DMV. We do not have a sense of humor. Oh, okay. Uh, the SEC is similarly without humor. Mm. They might have a trace of humors, but that's an old school medical problem, not the... Uh, uh, so we're offering education, not advice. So you have a disclosure for us. The information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. We do, however, warranty and guarantee that anything that we do not say on the air is incomplete. Thank you. Now, uh, we have gotten through our disclosures in record time, folks. It only took us 37 minutes this time around. Uh, Next time, we're going to reach for 36. Uh, Sorry, that was hyperbole. Uh, And it... hyperbole is great unless you're talking about missiles. Right. And you had something you wanted to say. There's something called the Dutch disease, among other things, because it happened in Holland. It was first recognized economically in Holland. When 
a nation state or a nation or whatever has a lot of natural resources and their wealth rises because of the natural resources, they tend not to innovate. They tend to be against innovation. They tend to Matter of fact, they tend to uninnovate. They tend to go retrograde. And the reason it's called a disease is because the company, the countries that are heavily dependent upon exports from something other than something they have invented or created or, or their productivity rising because of technology, inevitably in history, have suffered severe economic declines later on. Whereas countries that have little in the way of natural resources, but are dependent upon intellectual resources, the invention of things, the improvement in the productivity, the improvement of efficiencies, in other words, change within the society, have tended to do very well over the years. Let me give you an example of that, that is close to home. Texas has a, except for the oil boom that we had for a while, which is no longer a significant factor in Texas, um, Texas had no natural resources when the people came here other than some relatively poor farmland. And yet it has grown economically tremendously and it continues to grow tremendously. And the growth in the economy of Texas is not from the West Texas oil fields. It has produced some capital that contributed to growth, although it's also produced some very nice busts in Texas. The oil patch boom and bust for Texans is a, is a legendary thing. What's going on in Austin and in other places where technological innovation is driving the train is the source of wealth anywhere, including here in Texas. And just, and just to throw in there to make this complete, technological innovation driving the train is literal. The trains are being driven by tri technological innovation now. There are, in cases... People no longer actually driving the trains. They're standing in the train in the engineering compartment, but the train's driving itself. So it really is driving the train. I've been meaning to look for this for a long time, the meaning of the term Dutch disease. I thought it dated from the tulip scandal or something like that. It's 1977. What happened was the Dutch economy was doing okay prior to 1977. Uh, back prior to the 1970s, but they discovered huge quantities of natural gas offshore from the Netherlands and they, the North Sea fields. And they began to, they drilled it, they began to sell it. It made their, uh, it made for great wealth pouring into the Netherlands. However, because they didn't have the euro at that point, then the, 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 I think it's a kroner that they used rose tremendously in value, which made all of their exports to everywhere else in Europe and in the world crater. It made tourists not come there because everything was too expensive in the Netherlands. And their economy, outside of the money coming in from the gas fields, cratered. They had a one-nation severe recession going on. And then, if that wasn't bad enough, they realized that pumping all that gas out from underneath the rock was causing earthquakes all over the Netherlands. Well, an earthquake in the Netherlands is a whole different bag of beans than it is anywhere else because most of the Netherlands, that's why they're called the Netherlands, they are most of them below, below sea level. And earthquakes threaten their dikes. And some of the dikes had sprung leaks in these earthquakes. And it was discovered that the reason they're having the earthquakes is because the ground is moving down because the gas is being pumped out of it. So they stopped pumping the gas out and the whole economy fell into a crater. A, di a disease. <laughs> so they called it, since then, the uh, 
economies that are growing primarily on natural resources are the, the when when that starts happening, the Dutch disease turn comes up, and it's ha- certainly happened in African countries where and in other countries where they've had a great quantity of natural resources to sell, a great amount of wealth poured into the country, and the country thoroughly destabilized at that point. It's one of the reasons, by the way, Mexico is so unstable, because they have a lot of oil, and they don't have to do anything except pump it out of the ground. It's one of the reasons that Venezuela is so unstable, because they have a lot of oil, and they don't have to do anything but pump it out of the ground. Nigeria, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, go down the list. Dependence upon exports is not reliable. It is it is a it is a destabilizing factor in an economy, uh, and dependent upon na- dependence upon natural resources exports further exacerbates that situation. Which is why we are so blessed to have an economy that's primarily based on selling stuff to our, selling things to ourselves. That's fantastic. We call it a consumer based economy, but really what it is is that we produce things primarily for our own use, and we like it enough that we say, oh, this is great, and we can sell it to other people as well. But it's primarily for us, where if you look at Russia, for instance, they don't produce a bunch of stuff for themselves. If they, if you look at cars driving in Russia, none of them were made there. Uh, if you look at computers in Russia, none of them were made there. What pro- products are made in Russia? Well, oil, timber, gold, these are natural, natural products that don't require a great deal of innovation, and their economy is based on it. So it leads them to say, hey, we are going to invade to try to make up the difference. It doesn't work long term. It just doesn't work. Well, that's it's basically what I was going to say. And and it's something that's that shallow, Salo, is his name? Salo, yeah. I'm sorry. Salo. Or, or Salo. Presented. I'm... But then before him, it was interesting. There was a widespread belief, and in, in, this is what happened in Russia, by the way, in the Soviet Union. If we just industrialize, then we'll grow. If we get more people working in industry, and the industries get bigger and bigger and bigger, then we will have economic nirvana and everything will grow. And both the Chinese model currently and the model of that, that Russia went by are based on that. And frankly, it's a dead end. On the other hand, the chaotic, continual change, innovation, uh, invention, disruption that's going on in the United States, which is very irritating to us and looks to people outside the United States as pure foolishness, is the very reason that we are the fastest growing economy, large economy in the world. I know people say, oh, the Chinese. No, the Chinese are not growing as fast as we are in absolute terms. Percentage-wise, they may be doing better in some years. This year, definitely not. Uh, But the reason the United States economy dominates the world is the very chaotic system that we have that drives autocrats and dictators and kings and just about everybody else in the world crazy. And they don't like it and they think it's wrong and they say we're in decline. Uh, Believe me, they, they do say that. But it's not true. The, the innovation that we have in the United States is what drives us and gives us our strength. Yeah. So Dr. Salo and, and Douglas North, Dr. North, they were both Nobel Prize winners, and they both won their Nobel Prizes pretty close together. And Douglas North was about ownership, property rights, intellectual property rights. And that goes hand in glove with new technology and productivity because you don't have innovation. You don't have new technology unless the people that invent it get to reap the rewards of inventing it. Now, there's obviously 
abuse that can happen there where nobody can use that technology for forever afterwards unless they have a, the patent rights or whatever. So the United States has this balancing act of how do we reward the innovators to keep innovation happening, but then allow that technology to be used without unawarding the inventors. And one of the one of the sources of news that that I get directly from Ukraine. I, when when people talk about, I don't know what sources to trust in news. That's true across the board, and I get my news directly from Ukraine and Russia, and then from the United Kingdom about Ukraine and Russia, and they're all completely opposing data. But there's one channel that I watch, and I've been watching it since well before the Ukraine war, where uh, a an airline pilot in Ukraine talks about what's happening in Ukraine, and he's been 100% covering the war since it started. But he had this little blurb in politics today, the budgets are getting passed in the United States and um, because of the Republican infighting and so on, aid to Israel, aid to Gaza, yes, that was supposed to be included, Israel and Gaza aid at the same time, uh, aid to Ukraine and Taiwan has been pushed off of the budget because we don't have funding for the border. So this is something that is interesting. And in the middle of that, the Biden administration has suggested, hey, what do we do with this $400 billion worth of Russian money that we've got frozen? And they're still debating about that. Why is this important? Because to us that we say, oh, why would we, you know, taking people's assets, actually taking it instead of freezing it requires an, a lot of extra steps in our system. And from the Ukrainian perspective, he's baffled by this. He doesn't, he said, I, I have taken courses on this and the American system of ownership is just really hard for me to wrap my mind around. Um, the way we consider ownership here and productivity and innovation is all wrapped up in our success. And it's, it seems common sense to us because we're steeped in it. It's all around us, the way we own things. The, but most of the people in Ukraine grew up, the people that are in charge right now, grew up during the Soviet Union when ownership didn't exist. So, I mean, you lived in a house, but the house belonged to the government. Uh, you could innovate in your house. You could make your house better, but the government could take it from you if they wanted to. We live in a, in a socioeconomic system that is called English-derived, which is an interesting term, in which we have something called fee-simple ownership. Right. In other words, if you pay for something, if you pay for a car or you pay for a piece of real estate, you own it. End of statement. In most other systems, and particularly in, in the Western Hemisphere, in the, in the Hispanic tradition systems, because when you buy a house and a piece of land, you don't own it. You effectively have a lease on it at the pleasure of the government. Right. And the government can take it back anytime. And we have big issues in the United States in our constitution about due process and illegal uh, search and seizure, all that stuff. Right. It's really defined clearly in our fun most fundamental law. So it, it is, it, we consider it to be horribly offensive that the state should take property, even if they pay fair market value for it. Right. Which is why we fight eminent domain. We have eminent domain in the United States, but it has you have to go to court to, to use it and prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it is by far and away in the best interest of the entire society, the state of Texas or the United States, that the government take your property. And if they do so, they must pay fair market value for it. That is just simply not true in other places. 
So that and it, concept shocking that it's not true. Right. That's baffling the Ukrainians that we're sitting on four hundred billion dollars of Russian money. It's frozen. We say you can't touch it because you're breaking the law right now, according to us. But we haven't taken it to use it to do whatever we want. And the reason why we haven't is because that would be illegal. They deposited money with us and ownership is sacrosanct. We say you can't use the money because you're going to use it to do bad things. But at some point, a decision is going to be made on that. So this is, this is all wrapped around that same concept of productivity, innovation, intellectual and private property rights that causes us to be successful. And we're about out of time for all of our episodes forever, forever. on AM. Uh, we've got to give some disclosures before we get started. We've said the name of the program is the Personal Wealth Coach, and not coincidentally, that is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The two people speaking on the air are the people that uh, give advice through that firm, but we can't give you advice on the air or in a podcast or in any other broadcast format because of privacy issues and lots of other stuff. So what are we doing if we're not advising? We're educating. And just because the firm's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we are anointed or um, somehow given a seal of approval or any of that stuff. They don't do that. They are a regulatory authority, and we're required to tell you that in case we say something stupid. Nope, scratch that. We say that plenty of times. We'd be barraging the SEC. Uh, in case we say something fraudulent or misleading in a way that could cause people to lose money. Um Let's see. We don't pay for this radio program. More on that later. Uh, we do pay for advertising about the radio program. More on that later as well. Um, and you've got a disclosure. We're going through the disclosure at warp speed today. Well, the information we present to you in this educational radio program or internet program, as the case may be, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable. However, we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. We do, however, warranty and guarantee that all unsaid information on the radio program is incomplete. There we are. Unless your intention was to simply be silent. And that's not ever complete. So it is incomplete. <laughs> If you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually, that's how we make our money when we don't get paid for doing the radio, is we give advice to people of relatively high net worth on how to treat their own personal economy. Uh, we do portfolio management for them and advice on how to manage on businesses and trusts and foundations and corporations and all the rest of it. Um, we continue to do that. And if you would like to talk to us off the air on that subject, you can reach us locally at 254-947-1111. You can reach us toll free at 1-800-914-7526. It's 800-914-PLAN. Or you can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com, where you can listen to our radio programs going back lots of years. You can listen to podcasts wherever they're found, Spotify, Podbeam, uh, man, Apple, all of them were there. Um, and you can uh, contact us directly on the contact form on our website or email us directly at jeff at tpwc.com and jake at tpwc.com. Thank you very much for listening for 27 years to The Personal Wealth Coach. We appreciate you.